Hi, my name is Allison Gamber. I'm the Executive Director for the Cove Center for Grieving Children. Our office is located in Meriden and we provide services throughout Connecticut. We are so excited to be having a virtual event coming up, the Hope and Healing Virtual Auction and Celebration. The auction will be held April 22nd to the 24th and the celebration will be held on the evening of April 24th to talk all about the Cove services and what we've accomplished over the last 26 years. If you'd like to join us for the celebration, registration is free and you can find all that information on www.covect.org and the link for the virtual auction will be put up there on the evening of April 21st to start auction, live auctioning on April 22nd. So come and join us to celebrate the Cove and raise some funds so we can continue to offer our programs free of charge. Coming up on the Backstop Podcast, the Red Sox completed a series with the Orioles. How well did they do? Major League Baseball pulled the All-Star game in Atlanta. I have special guest Joel Aguirre on the show to explain more about it. And the Red Sox get set for the next series with the Tampa Bay Rays. Welcome to episode 7 of the Backstop Podcast. I'm your host, Ovi Nunez. The Red Sox completed their opening series in Fenway Park, swept by the Baltimore Orioles. In Game 1, the Red Sox were held two hits in the game, losing 3 to nothing. J.D. Martinez and Kiki Hernandez were the only two batters that hit the ball. Nathan Ivaldi pitched 5 and one third innings, four strikeouts, and charged with an earned run. In Game 2, the Red Sox bats were at a slump again. J.D. Martinez and Marwin Gonzalez combined 5 for 6 with two RBIs. Tanner Houck made his impressive start by pitching 5 innings, striking out 8, but gave up 6 hits and 3 runs. Two of them were earned. The Red Sox had a chance to get the third out on the fourth inning, but Rafael Devers threw an error to second baseman Marwin Gonzalez, resulting in the Orioles getting into scoring position. The Orioles would then score two runs in that inning, but overall at the end, they won 4-2. In Game 3, the Orioles' bats pounded Garrett Richards and Josh Taylor. Both pitchers combined with two and two-thirds innings pitched, gave up 12 hits, 10 runs, and three walks. However, Richards seemed not to be able to locate his pitches. During the left-hander defensive shifts, Orioles' batters were able to hit to the opposite field. That was the real damage that caused early runs to be scored. Taylor came in for relief and walked the batter with bases loaded. It was just so terrible to see these two pitchers on Sunday. I hope they do better on their next appearance. But I tell you who did good was Garrett Whitlock came in relief in the third inning to get an out. He will continue to look awesome as he pitched three and one third innings, striking out five and only gave up three hits. And the offense... J.D. Martinez continued to be successful by hitting his first home run and going 2-for-4. Christian Vasquez also went 3-for-4 with a run scored. The Orioles complete the sweep with an 11-3 victory. And on to the post-reaction of Sunday's game. The Red Sox manager Alex Cora noted that it was a rough start. Truly enough, it was a very rough start because the bats... We're not swinging this series, and many are wondering if the bats will ever start coming to life as they get ready for the Tampa Bay Rays. 
continuing on his quote at a score of this day it was a tough one there's nothing else you can say we got beat in every aspect of the game the first two games we didn't play good defense we didn't swing the bat today we didn't pitch the last time the Red Sox were swept in opening season came in 2012 the Red Sox lost to the Detroit Tigers John Lester Josh Beckett and Clay Bokholtz were the starters in each game that year, Bobby Valentine was the manager as the Red Sox finished with a 69-93 record in last place. In 2011, the Red Sox started 0-6 before winning their first game. The last time the Red Sox were swept in Fenway Park was in 1948. The Philadelphia Athletics defeated the Red Sox in a three-game series. However, the Red Sox would eventually reach the World Series and lose to the Cleveland Indians four games to two. So there might be a good possibility, a positive reaction to all this with a slow start and end the season well, and maybe the Red Sox could be on their way to another World Series. The notable Red Sox roster that I would like to mention, Alex Cora had designated hitter J.D. Martinez, first baseman Bobby Dahlbeck, and shortstop Alexander Bogarts in their primary positions for all three games. Marwin Gonzalez started all three games as a utility player. He played in left field, second base, and third base. Kike Hernandez started playing second base on the opening day, but the last two games he played in center field. And Alex Verdugo played all outfield positions. That's right, left field, center field, and right field. J.D. Martinez is by far the only Red Sox hitter who is hot with six hits, three doubles, one home run with three runs batted in. In pitching, Tanner Hulk struck out eight and Garrett Whitlock struck out five in relief. So those two pitchers, you got to applaud them for the success they have. And it's unfortunate that the Red Sox are now 0-3. I would like to welcome Joe Aguirre to the show. Hello, Joe. Hey, OV. Thanks for having me on, man. Joe Aguirre is the owner of Clovercrest Media, the CMG podcast, the podcast that I am presenting to you, which is the backstop. So thank you, Joe. Yeah, we're excited um, to have a Red Sox podcast on the network. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you're also the uh, host of a political uh, podcast called Divided We Stand and a co-host of I'll Piss You Off Shortly. Purposely, I have you on the show because th the chain of events that's happening this weekend and it's trending in all social media. Major League Baseball decided to pull the All-Star game out of Atlanta in a swift reaction to Georgia's new voting law that many view as voter suppression targeting minorities. There was a great influence by civil rights group and MLB Player Association that resulted in baseball commissioner Rob Manfred to quickly make the decision. On the other side, Manfred received a lot of backlash from the governor of Georgia, Brian P. Kemp, by tweeting this statement. Perhaps the MLB should take a look at the restrictive voting laws in their home state of New York before criticizing ours. The Braves issued a statement that they were disappointed, and the Wall Street Journal chimed in by writing a headline stating the Biting Baseball League, and they concluded with the Democratic Baseball League. Now, with all that, I mean, the audience here, they want to understand what's, what's really going on with this, and I know you're on top of, of this on your shows. Can you at least elaborate and help us understand what's going on? 
can we all agree that there was no massive voter fraud in the 2020 election? We have to start there. Okay. And I think any reasonable person who followed that, who watched all 82 court cases get ruled against, it wasn't some grand conspiracy. There were more liberals who voted than conservatives. And it was as simple as that. Now, there was a lot of hullabaloo about the vote in Georgia. And in reaction to that, the state legislature, which, by the way, was all reelected Republican. So they didn't have any problem getting reelected. It was that it was the national level. And then, of course, the presidency that went towards the Democrats. The state house in Georgia is still Republican. So they what they said was they were responding to complaints from their constituents about voting. That's why they passed these new restrictions. Some of them, Ovi, are ridiculous to the point of you can't give somebody a glass of water when they're waiting in line to vote. I mean, that's ludicrous. Here's the and here's the reason why minority groups are upset. Disproportionately, there are less voting facilities in minority areas. Minorities tend to wait longer in line. So again, by suggesting that you can't give people in line water, you're 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 literally trying to stop black people from voting, black people in minorities. And let's be honest, in the special runoff election in January, just like in the presidential election, it was African Americans in the state of Georgia, which is increasingly becoming a purple state, we like to say, very mixed between conservatives and Democrats. Um, they're not taking it anymore. And so this is definitely a move that was seen as trying to disenfranchise, literally trying to get black people to not vote in the next election. You need uh, better policy. So now listen, to me, look, baseball did the right thing. And I, and I understand the argument that from a lot of people is these companies are woke. Major League Baseball already has a problem. I mean, uh, it, the league is about 9% black. It's at its lowest levels in years. Tory Hunter, former Minnesota twin, um, amongst some other teams, uh, spent some money and has started a, an organization to try to get um, inner city kids back into baseball. And so Major League Baseball doesn't necessarily have, I mean, again, this this could be a hurtful move for them like it's been for the NFL and the NBA. But it, the question doesn't come down to dollars and cents or being woke or whatever that means. It comes down to they're just trying to do the right thing. Georgia Georgia knows that, that that's, that's wrong, that that shouldn't be. And so nobody wants to punish the Atlanta Braves. Nobody wants to punish the small businesses in Atlanta, but at the same time, you can't reward them. And the only way that the state legislature is going to change what they did is by, um, you know, is by doing that. Now, I thought it was interesting. Uh, their newly elected state senator, who who just won uh, his election uh, uh, back in January, said. Businesses and organizations have great power in their voices and ability to push for change. And I respect the decision of the players to speak out against this unjust law. It's not the people of Georgia or the workers of Georgia who crafted this law. It's the politicians seeking to retain power at the expense of Georgians voters. And today's decision by MLB is unfortunate consequence of these political actions. He said, it's my hope. And I really like this, that businesses, athletes, and entrepreneurs can protest this law not by leaving Georgia, but by coming here and fighting the voter suppression head-on and hand-in-hand with the community. So I think there's a couple of arguments to be made here. The argument that baseball shouldn't have done anything is not an argument to be made here. 
And I think anybody who's upset by it, you either don't, you either don't know what's happening. And so you just automatically feel like, you know, maybe if you're a little more conservative, you feel like you have to side with uh, the people who are against this move. I, I just don't see this. I don't see why this is an issue. It's unfortunate, but I, I'm surprised that it is an issue coming from the governor and allowing this to happen because there's two, one one big thing that I get all this is waiting in line to get water. That's something very childish. This is something that maybe an eight year old and, and, and will will handle like, no, oh, this is mine, or you know, being so possessive. But we're talking about politicians that the people voted you in there to make change to make their state better ain't that what we're supposed to be doing yes. but yeah we're worrying about because of what happened in 2020 election what can may happen four years from now i think it's it's so ridiculous but another thing that that uh, I, I've, I've noticed is why attack the commissioner when and I have said this in my opening statement here about the civil rights group and the players association. Now the players association, there are 1200 members in the major league baseball player association. And the leader is Tony Clark, who is executive director, right? That they approached Manfred with this and a quick decision was made. It wasn't like the commission alone said, you know what? The hell with this, we out of here, or whatever it gives me be. These are also politicians, also that manages baseball. That if Manfred didn't do anything about it, maybe, and I'm just saying maybe, wouldn't that like cause a strike? Well, was other other events would have happened in baseball, you know what I mean? So I just don't understand why the governor and everyone else against it, they're attacking baseball because look. It's not just Major League Baseball yet. This is the first time they take the lead so quickly. But would you expect other uh, major sports to follow suit? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I would say you could expect the NBA. They have a very vocal uh, union and, and players like LeBron James. They're not going to do anything in Georgia. I certainly don't think the NFL, uh, you know, again, that's a very woke league. They're very aware of the social situation. So, yeah, I, I mean, I would expect, and I think you're going to see companies and I think you're going to see events get pulled from the state of Georgia until Georgia does something about that ridiculous law. And again, I don't want to minimize it. Like it's just about water. They're trying to limit uh, ballots, ballot box, ballot harvesting, anything they could do to keep people from legally voting. And again, you know, for the governor to go after uh, Major League Baseball, he suggested they were caving to fear, political opportunism, and liberal lies. I mean, they're liberal lies. It, it, again, you don't have to be a liberal to look and see that they're literally attempting to stop people from voting because they didn't like the way those people voted. It's as simple as that. And it's very un-American and it's very unfortunate. And America's, I mean, baseball's America's pastime. Baseball, of all the sports, too, Ovi, was very slow to sort of react to all the social unrest. They were the slowest to, to get there. And you could say, hey, they're caving into the pressure. I don't see anybody really protesting baseball now. I don't see anybody telling baseball that they're doing it wrong. Again, they have a very small black population in baseball. Yeah, they so, might have a small uh, black population, but they are, there is a lot of minorities toward Hispanics. Absolutely. A, a million know? percent. So yeah, it, it I, affects obviously, them too because if you allow Georgia percent. 
yep. to to get away with it. What happened to the other states that have more Hispanics in there? Like, for instance, Texas, which is a lot of minority Hispanics there, and yep. California as well. So by baseball doing that, maybe it puts the pressure on everybody else to say, you know what, I'm not going to touch this. At the end of the day, this isn't about a singular event. This is coming down on the right side of history. You know, look, there, there's major social change happening in this country, and people are fighting it. There's people that hate it. I, I was laughing the other day on the politics show, the idea that, that being called a progressive is like a negative, Ovi. Like wanting better for the future, wanting better for your kids and grandkids somehow makes you a weirdo in politics. I don't understand that. You don't want to live for the status quo that makes you some sort of a maverick, like wild man. I don't understand that. I don't know why the idea of being more progressive and 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 being more open with our society, why there's so many people that are afraid at, at what that means. I mean, the pie here in America is big enough. There's plenty of opportunity for everybody. Um, it, 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 this is unfortunate. And, and I think in... You know, again, I think one thing you know about me, I mean, uh, history is my favorite thing above Absolutely. all else. Yes. And, you know, if you if you look at the way society and, and these big movements happen, we're in the midst of one right now. And I and I feel bad for anybody who's fighting it because you're going to have to tell your grandkids someday that you were on the wrong side. And, and I and I don't think that's cool. No, I don't think so either. And this is the land of opportunity, America, the freedom and everything else. But, you know, with social media being so big, especially at the start of the pandemic last year, I mean, I think the cases went blew up, honestly, like things just went out of control from the pandemic. We were isolated to where, you know, Black Lives Matter, uh, you name it, it's happening. And, you know, it, it just seems like things are just falling out of place and we forgot the meaning of what America is supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be, uh, the, the free, you know, you know, me, Joe, I've, I've, I've served my country for 23 years, Yeah, but this is not why I serve for this country. You know, it, it's to provide and help others, you know, to live their freedom. But it seems like we're just going to the opposite direction and I hope that everyone follows suit and understand why we make decisions the way it is and to stop those that prevent others from having freedom. Because that's what, what it boils down to. It's not about power because the people put people in power to make change. And if they can't, then the people have a right to vote somebody else to be in there and stop sabotaging, you know, the truth. The backdrop to all this, by the way, the George Floyd trial is happening right now. And I think, again, it just puts a little more of a reminder as to, you know, what touched things off this summer. And I'll, I'll give you a better one. You know, for anybody who makes this argument of, you know, hey, more white people are killed by the police than black people. It's a terrible argument. <laughs> the police shouldn't be killing anybody. And I've, I've noticed that the. What gets you killed by the police, white or black, it seems to be decreasing in severity. Broken taillight, uh, just carrying a gun in your car will get you killed these days. Selling a Lucy cigarette. I, I, we, we should not, as a society, call that acceptable. I think when murder became a partisan issue, 
it's when I really started to think like, we've got to find ways to come together. And you'd like to think that sports is doing it. And to see the backlash that baseball's facing for doing something woke or whatever you want to call it, which is such a joke, this idea that being aware of other people's feelings is somehow a, a negative or, or caving to the pressure. No, maybe it's just being a decent human being. Absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do. You're just trying to be a decent human being. I mean, the golden rule, Obi, right? Well, there's a difference between is a is a difference between the generation Z and what is common sense. And I think baseball got it right when it comes to common sense. You know, you did this, now here's the consequences. I'm going to do something else because I'm here to improve the quality of life, not give in. And uh and again, I mean, everyone has their opinion, you know, and I respect other people's opinion, but the facts are the facts and you know, let's let's be the reason of change. Joe, I, I thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, I can't wait to have you later down the road when uh, the Red Sox and Yankees rivalry, because I know we all have history and, and would love to like talk about the past, but by all means. Uh, but hey, For your sake, I hope by the time <laughs> our teams meet that your team has a win. At this point, one shot. At this point, you're up one nothing on me in this argument. So, (laughs) more to follow after this. The Closing Time Podcast is back, sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. I'm Joe Aguirre. I'll have a brand new co host, Sanam Salati, who's my broker, my mentor, and my good friend, and one of the most knowledgeable people in Connecticut in the entire real estate industry. We're going to be talking about the latest goings on. We'll keep you up to date on the market. And we're going to bring on some really great guests all throughout this season. People in all different fields in the industry, like accountants, home inspectors, mortgage reps, and so much more, just to give you a better understanding of the Connecticut real estate market. We're so excited for a brand new season of the Closing Time Podcast, part of the CMG Podcast Network. It's sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. Go see Heidi and Glenn Parchman to file your taxes for bookkeeping, business advice, real estate investments, or whatever your accounting needs are, including cryptocurrency. Just visit RockyHillAccountants.com. We'll see you all season long on the Closing Time Podcast. The Red Sox and the Rays series begin Monday at Fenway Park. First pitch is slated for 7.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The projected starter for the Razzas will be Nick Pavetta. Pavetta has been great against the Rays as the Rays has only batted against him with a batting average of .048 in 10 at-bats. On Tuesday, Martin Perez will be pitching. The Rays been struggling against Martin Perez as they only been hitting him with a batting average of .211. Rays center fielder Kevin Kalmeyer has not done well against Perez. However, the catcher Mike Zunino has hit three home runs against Perez. Let's see if Perez could be able to counterattack him and be able to shut him down in this series. And on Wednesday, Nathan Evaldi will make his second start. He is 0-1 with a 1.69 ERA. He will be challenged as the Rays have done great against him, batting a 349 as a team. Here's a look at the American East standing. The Baltimore Orioles 
who finished sweeping the Red Sox, are 3-0 in first place. Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays are both 2-1. New York Yankees are 1-2 and the Red Sox are 0-3. This show is presented by Clovercrest Media, the CMG Sports Network. Visit clovercrestmedia.com for the variety of your favorite podcasts. Tune in each week as we get set for our journey of the 2021 Red Sox baseball. With Sean Scanlon, I am Ovi Muniz. This is Ovi's Backstop Podcast.